and welcome to the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Probstfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. For this episode, let's talk about gratitude. My first blog post on the Chimam website is called The Skunk Who Sprayed My Plans. I write about how on that day, I chose to focus on gratitude as opposed to the pungent skunk smell. Not at first, but eventually. I will share the story in a moment, but first let's briefly review our mental backroads and the amygdala and prefrontal cortex response. I discuss both of these in episodes one and two. Episode two, backroads and highways, I discuss the alternate mental pathways that are techniques to shift your mind's focus on something more positive as opposed to negative. These can be gratitude, mindfulness, or compassion. However, in the moment, that is so much easier said than done. When I am running late and my kids aren't listening, it is hard to remember back roads. My fight, flight, freeze is triggered in my automatic stress response. But with more time and practice, I feel like I become more aware of it. And the first step towards change is awareness. I find it helpful to understand what my mind and body is actually doing in moments of stress. Our brain has an interstate system that consists of huge microscopic networks. These highways are responsible for everything we think, do, and feel, including activation of that stress response. I discuss in episode one that little structure in our brain called the amygdala, named after an almond because it looks like one. The amygdala is responsible for that fight, fight, or freeze response. And I use the example, which I like, of the bee in the car. Have you ever had one in your vehicle? It's hard. I talked about it in episode one. It is so hard to pay attention to driving when I had that bee in the car. All I wanted to do was to get it out, and I was scared about the bee, when in reality, I should have been more concerned about the distracted driving. Um, Predators with sharp stingers have been around a lot longer than cars, and my amygdala does not understand that. Remember, the amygdala is primitive. Most animals share the amygdala, and humans and a few other primates have that prefrontal cortex, the one that decides if the fear is um, true or false. And the highways to the amygdala are going to be faster than the back roads to the, oh, actually, this isn't a real concern. This is something my amygdala is making up right now or seems to think is an issue, which isn't an issue. Remember um, that quote from Montaigne, my life has been full of many misfortunes, most of most of which has never happened. So again, our bodies are designed to fight, flight, and freeze because of those highways. And that makes sense. It helps us to survive. I don't want to think about a car that's about to run into me. I want to get out of its way. 
However, sometimes like the bee, the real danger of a sting, unless obviously like there's an anaphylaxis concern or something like that, distracted driving is usually the more risky behavior. So the human brain contains billions of these neurons with trillions of networks between them. Neurons communicate with each other similar to a game of telephone like I described in episode two. They essentially hand off the message to each subsequent neuron. The neighboring cell receives the message and dutifully sends it to the next neuron. If we use a neuronal pathway a lot, groups of neurons that fire the message together is what I call neuronal pathways. This creates a stronger connection and an easier road to travel on. As the message keeps firing along this route, it grows stronger and sends a signal to prune other less utilized routes. If I yell a lot and create the highway, it will be easier to travel on. It takes a mental back road to practice taking a different route. And this is creating a new growth in the brain, a concept called. Now back to my skunk story. That day, I woke up at five o'clock on a Saturday morning. I had approximately two hours before the kids arose and was eager to have some mom time to myself. Still dark and chilly in the house, I put on a sweater and let the dog outside. I sat down on the couch with a warm cup of coffee and wrapped myself in a fuzzy blanket. Unfortunately, almost immediately after sitting down, I heard scratches at the door from the dog wanting to come inside. Why does she want to come in already, I thought to myself. Just then, a smell got my attention. The odor that is undeniably from a skunk. My frustrated mental highway jumped on that real fast. I thought to myself, the second I sit down this week, the dog gets sprayed by a skunk. If it's not a kid who needs something, it's this dog. The smell quickly consumed the house and permeated through every room. And to make matters worse, the dog and skunk battle seemed to have occurred somewhere right on our back deck because of the odor's intensity. It was just everywhere. And I, so I reluctantly put down my coffee and decided to change plans. So what should have ended there did not. My frustrated self was in full force, running on mental freeways of annoyance. I was irritated that instead of relaxing, research needed to be performed on skunk smell removal. Naturally, I delegated the dog cleaning task to Matt, and I told him what happened and to clean the dog soon. Now, the word soon has a different interpretation depending on your mood. Apparently, soon takes on an alternate meaning if you are Matt and was just jolted from a peaceful sleep. For him, soon is after he gets a cup of coffee and mentally prepares to take care of this newly delegated dilemma. However, to myself, who has already been dealing with the issue, soon takes on a more immediate meaning. Instead of quickly jumping out of bed armed with hydrogen peroxide and baking soda, he was a bit slower moving than I expected. 30 minutes later, while picking up my cold cup of coffee, I looked out the window at Matt scrubbing the dog. I then remembered my back road practice. I am totally on a frustration highway right now in that fight, flight, or freeze response. I should try a mental back road now. This was supposed to be a peaceful weekend morning. The skunk already sprayed the dog. What back road could I choose right now? I decided on gratitude. How much does a skunk, whether literal or figurative, come and spray your plans? 
It is easy to take a stress response highway of annoyance and frustration just like I did. And that is okay. We are all human. But with time and practice, our awareness of this increases. Instead of irritation, you can choose gratitude, empathy, compassion, mindfulness, or whatever works to get your mind off that frustration highway. So I reheated my cup of coffee, took a deep breath, and tried this out. What can I be grateful for instead? So I made a gratitude list. Number one, I am grateful this happened on a weekend morning. The kids are still sleeping. Three young children are not attempting to help wash the skunked dog while simultaneously getting ready for school. Number two, Matt is able to assist. I am grateful for my husband. He is willing to help when asked to do the dirty work. And number three, this is a funny story we can tell our kids. Remember the time the dog got sprayed by a skunk? How silly was that? With newfound energy of the back road, I went upstairs to check on the kids. I found everyone playing together nicely. My daughter was also reading a book with her siblings. At the time, she was learning how to read and sounding out the words. This is an elephant, and this is a moose. And it was really nice to hear. Her sister watched with eyes open wide. My son also listened while constructing a car garage. I enjoyed this peaceful and pleasant moment. I experienced gratitude not only for my family, but also to myself. I was able to counteract my usual negative highway successfully, which enabled true presence in that moment. Dale Carnegie states, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Or in other words, when a skunk sprays your dog, make the best of it. We cannot control the uncontrollable. I am not going to go chasing skunks, but when it sneaks on my deck and sprays a stink bomb into the morning, it is pleasing to know I was able to turn the morning back to something positive. This reminds me of a post-robbery reflection from Matthew Henry, a biblical scholar whose wallet was stolen in the 17th or 18th century. I think 18th century. After the ordeal, he journals, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, let me be thankful that although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who did the robbing. Gratitude. You likely have heard this concept before and its benefits. Perhaps you or someone you know uses a gratitude journal or recites things they are thankful for before going to bed. I used to do that a lot, which truthfully, I kind of forgot about that. And I want to try to get into the habit of doing that again. I do feel like it's a worthwhile activity. It's nice to reframe negative thoughts or even like random thoughts right before you go to bed into something more positive. What I used to do is um, just pick three things like with that skunk day, three things I'm grateful for. So at nighttime, what are three things that I'm grateful for that happened today? And just mentally take note of them. You can write it down or just kind of take note of it in your mind. Um, and if you want, you can share it with your spouse or with a friend, um, whatever, you, whatever you find appropriate. 
So I am going to make a note to myself to do that tonight to start that or to restart that habit. I recently visited Charleston, South Carolina. I decided it would be fun to take the three kids on a horse-drawn carriage ride there. Matt disagreed that fun was the right term to describe that activity. And he was right. It turned out the kids were bored out of their minds. However, since it was so boring, they fell asleep. So therefore, it actually did turn out to be fun, uh, just not in the way I originally imagined. Matt and I enjoyed a horse-drawn carriage for an hour around the beautiful historic district of Charleston. So it was kind of like a, a date without the need for a babysitter. On the ride, the white horse trotted down the cobble streets as our guide, Mary, educated us on the town's interesting stories. There were beautiful window boxes on many homes and fragrant magnolia trees overhead. While we rode past colorful antebellum homes, Mary mentioned Civil War cannonballs are still found with new constructions. They also can wash up onto the shore after a storm. Interestingly, I looked up later, these cannonballs need to be handled by experts because they're apparently extremely dangerous if you find one. I guess they have to take like an x-ray of it to um, assess if the ball contains black powder. And if it does, it needs to be detonated by professionals. So you know, the more you know, if you ever find a cannonball. Um, anyway, later that evening, Matt took the kids while I had a glass of wine north of the city in Mount Pleasant, which I kind of like doing on vacations. Like Matt and I will split up solo time, um, on family trips so he can have a turn, um, by himself while I watch the kids or I can have a turn by myself and he watches the kids. Um, so that evening it was my turn and I decided to go to just a, you know, a casual but really nice, uh, restaurant in, uh, an area called Shem Creek, and it was just what I needed. There was a lovely boardwalk and a tranquil sunset over the marsh. It was a really pretty area. And Charleston, just in general, is just so beautiful. However, you know, it did have a major um, involvement in the Revolutionary and Civil War. Um, Civil War and political unrest is difficult to envision while looking out at the tranquil sunset of that harbor. While I wrote about this, I, uh, it was close to Thanksgiving. Um, so now it's March, so it's not as applicable Thanksgiving, but I think that brings a good point even when I was writing during that time of why um, or how Thanksgiving should be celebrated more often. Um, I think it is a very important holiday, holiday to remember what we are grateful for, and it should be um, something that is not just once a year. So here's our Thanksgiving in March that we'll discuss for a moment. In the 19th century, Sarah Josepha, Josepha Hale passionately wrote many editorials and letters to politicians in order to make Thanksgiving an official holiday. It was previously celebrated regionally, but not nationally. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln granted her request as the country was in the midst of civil war to show gratefulness and thanks amongst chaos. Almost 200 years later, uncertainties continue to prevail just as cannibals from the past are found. There are also many anxieties while living you know, post-pandemic as well as society unrest. It's easy to let worry get the best of us. 
As we try not to let the disturbing news of the present day cloud our lives, let us remember what Sarah Josepha Halo and Abraham Lincoln encouraged. Thanksgiving, despite uncertainty. Now, amazingly, this thankful holiday was created by the man who, um, quote, dripped melancholy. Most historians agree that Abraham Lincoln suffered from major depressive episodes throughout his life. He often discussed his depression. On January 23rd, 1841, he wrote to a colleague, quote, I am now the most miserable man living. If what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I awfully forebode I shall not. And also at the Republican Convention of 1860, the crowd cheered Lincoln. They enthusiastically approved of him. However, when William J. Bross observed him that the next day, Lincoln was alone with his hands against his face. Lincoln stated, I'm not very well. However, now, you know, 200, almost 200 years later, um, it's obvious that Abraham Lincoln continued to press forward, right? He persevered with the knowledge that he was called to do great things. This gave him not only conviction, but also a graceful humility. My certification renewal comes up soon. I have been a nurse practitioner since 2009, and I renew every five years. And that just flies by. My state licenses are every two years, and that just feels constant. Two years is just constant. I have to think, what year is this, an even year or an odd year? Time marches by so quickly. I first realized this when I was 13 years old and wrote about it in my diary. And the year then was 1997. Every 10 years, I like to write a synopsis of my life to pass on to my children and their grandchildren. I am now approaching the next decade and feel like these past 10 years literally have flown by in an instant. To quantify this instant, there are 3,652 days in 10 years. Approximately 2,600 of these days are weekdays and 1,040 are weekends. How many of the 2,600 days during the week did I wish went by a bit faster? In these instances, I like to remind myself of a quote by Gretchen Rubin. The days are long, but the years are short. In other words, 3,652 days are long, but 10 years is short. I do not know how this dinosaur and race car obsessed four-year-old was my baby just a few years ago. Those chubby cheeks transformed into a little boy as he continues to grow. And same with my other two. The years just keep marching on. Much like my wedding day, the hours flew by and I tried to just savor the moment as best I could. Savor the color, the feeling, and the joy. Because another 3,652 days will soon be an instant. During my half marathon in Sedona, it was at it was difficult at times to keep running. Uh, it was a lot of uphill. I trained for it, but, you know, it, it, was, it was challenging. However, there was gorgeous red rock scenery, and it motivated me when I was tired and when I felt like I needed to walk for a few minutes uphill. Um, so what I tried to do a lot during that race was choose to fight my fatigue with thankfulness. Gratitude to be alive amongst nature's beauty and grateful to have a body that can move. 
which I want to talk more about my half marathon in another episode, so stay tuned for that. And recently, I handed out a few colored candies for positive reinforcement. They were in a big 64-ounce jar, hidden for novelty and reward purposes. Um, But those are pretty big, right, those 64-ounce jars? So imagine if each piece of candy is a day, the entire jar would be about 1.8 years. Less than three of those containers would be a decade. There are many blue, green, yellow, or red days. However, they all taste the same, or roughly the same. Each day is a precious gift that we have been given. Practicing thankfulness in the moment helps stretch out time. It allows me to refrain from quickly eating my days and actually savoring them. Dr. Amit Sud suggests a gratitude meditation that I find helpful. He states to place yourself in a spot free of noise and close your eyes. Then think about the first time when you were a child of a person that gives you happy memories. This could be your mom or dad or another adult figure. Think of their face and take a couple deep breaths and give them a thank you in your mind. Continue this process for whoever else you would like to send gratitude in your mind. Dr. Sood also suggests allowing your mind a minute to think about all the babies who will be born on this day and give them a mental salutation. Or perhaps give your condolences in your mind for the individuals who will pass away today. Now, Psalm 118 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So update on my seedlings, my little plants that were growing. They are getting taller, and I really need to transfer them out of their boxes. They're kind of overtaking my little, um, my, um, the area that they're planted in indoors. So I'm hoping it gets warmer soon. Um, the beans are getting really tall, and my onions are kind of shooting up out of the container bags. So um, I'll update you more on that progress. So thank you for tuning in today. Please let me know your thoughts and check out my website and subscribe. Thank you so much and have a great day.